Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, along with Pastor David Martins of South Africa. This is Voice of Christian Israel and, of course, Eurofolk Radio. Today is 12-12-2021, Aces and Deuces Wild. So we're going to go wild today, folks, with uh, some theology, <laughs> connecting uh. the Old and the New Testament. And uh, uh, Pastor Martins has dug up a, a rare book that we're going to uh, look at today. I put the link in the chat room for you to look at. And uh, we're going to have some fun with this. How are you doing today, Pastor? Good day. Pastor Eli, yes, doing well on this side, and uh, this is a very interesting book. I haven't gone through more than a few pages. I think I I have successfully uh, jumped page 3, 4, 5, and 6, and came upon 7, 8, 9, and 10. Okay. So, very interesting uh, contents in this. Uh, something I wanted to say is this book was written in 1823. Okay. How is that for an old book? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the uh, the copy that you have uh, shows the, the, the dilapidated condition of the of the cover, right? But uh, yeah, they copied everything. And uh, but they the type copy everything yeah. faster. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I wanted to say is this book was marked for destruction, mm. and somebody thought it very good to actually uh, scan this whole document or this whole book. And yeah. this is so invaluable in terms of the um, uh, the gap theory. <laughs> right, right. The, oh, okay. The, the gap, the gap yeah. between what is called, what was renamed the Old Testament and also renamed the New Testament. Yeah. Very interesting. Yes. So right inside the inner page or the first blotter, the, it says discard. Somebody had stamped it with the stamp saying discard. And uh, but somebody uh, failed to carry out that instruction and copied it instead. <laughs> so praise Yahweh for somebody disregarding, Hallelujah. yeah, disregarding the order. And of course, now, uh, but it's typical because you know, in the 1800s, 1718 and uh, 1900s, and even today, uh, people mistake the Jews for Israelites. And so this mm. uh, this book does not, uh, you know, does not uh, avoid that uh, trouble. However. Uh, I think the uh, he does use the word Israelite. Uh, we always use the word Israelite or Judahite instead of Jew, okay, wherever it pertains yes. to the Old Testament. And uh, people didn't know enough to do that in those days. So, you know, we'll correct it as we go along. So the entire title here is The Old and New Testaments Connected in History of the Jews and Neighboring Nations from the declensions of the kingdom of Israel and Judah to the time of Christ. Okay? That's from the days when titles were very long. <laughs> okay? Yes. Which, which I won't repeat because it'll take a half to show to repeat the title. Yes. By Humphrey Prideau. Oh. Yeah. And uh, now, how did you come across this book? Poster, very interesting. I This is one of quite a number of books of very, very important great importance to um, us in these latter days, and that is, um, if you can recall, on many occasions I have stated that when I had the visitation of the angel, the angel made revelations to me, and the angel said to me that I needed to go and find and discover the evidence and the proof of that which he had revealed to me. Mm-hmm. And the angel said to me, well, I queried the angel on this and I asked him, where should I go and how should I go and look? I mean, um, I I had access to, to libraries, but I wanted to know how. And the angel said to me that he would give me see- certain keywords. And on the basis of those keywords, I will find the ev- evidence. And pastor, mm-hmm. the evidence I have found on so many of these revelations that the angel had made, and this particular book was stumbled across by accident mm-hmm. because okay. I actually entered a keyword for a different issue. And when the books that appeared in a particular archive started showing up, I started loading down, and I think about the third or the fourth book that came down onto my computer, I opened up and I then entered another keyword, mm-hmm. Hebrews. Okay. <laughs> Hebrews. 
And when that showed up, page 11 appeared of this particular book. And I paged back to see what it was that was read in Hebrews. And my oh my, I discovered the evidence of the changing of the first month feast of trumpets to the seventh month. Mm. Okay. Mm. okay. And the reason for that change was so to align the particular feast with the Jews or the Eastern calendar in terms of finances and usury and bargains. Right. (laughs) Okay. We'll get to it, Pastor. We'll get to it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we know that the Israelites, uh, the only uh, uh, social intercourse they had with other nations was in terms of uh, commerce. That was it. These outsiders were not to live among us. We were not to intermarry with them. Uh, They were not to live in our homes. They only lived close to us as tributaries to us. And that was the the stated relationship that Yahweh gave us at Sinai. Okay, and then Joshua carried out. Joshua carried it out. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 20, where, uh, where I call it the rules of engagement, where Joshua said, okay, well, Yahweh instructed the Israelites to exterminate and or drive out the Canaanites wherever they would find them. And that's what he did. But in order to determine uh, whether these people uh, who's getting ready to uh, engage were Canaanites or not, he had to ask them certain questions. Well, it turns out the Philistines were not Canaanites. They were Hamites, but not Canaanites. Yeah. And so, uh, so, and then if, uh, if the people backed off and did not want to engage the Israelites militarily, then they made a truce with them. Just as your people, the Boer yes. people, did in South Africa. It's in Deuteronomy chapter the same 20. Mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It is a mistake. <laughs> and we talked about it last week where, uh, Joshua exactly. was tricked, tricked by the, uh, Gibeonites. Yeah. In, uh, into believing that they were uh, Israelites or friendlies when, in yeah. fact, they were hostile. But nevertheless, uh, as we discussed last week, if you make an oath in the name of Yahweh, you better keep it because uh, greater punishment will befall you if you, f- if you fail to keep that oath, right? Yeah. And, then, uh, and those Gibeonites never were any trouble for the Israelites from that moment forward, okay? But I'm sure yeah. that the other Edomites you know, tried to engage the Gibeonites, but they, I think they knew it was good for them because, as you mentioned, yeah. Saul, who uh, violated that oath made by Joshua, had, yep, he, had, hit he his had son. to sacrifice seven of his grandsons. Amen. Amen. So Yahweh expects yeah. us to keep our oaths, okay? So so the angel that visited you, uh, you have been uh, on this, uh, how should I put it, study path, uh, guided yeah. by the angel that visited you in 2014, just before I arrived in South Africa for my visit. So yeah. uh, it, it was yeah. a very monumental time, that this meeting that you and I had, uh, where we discovered that, that the, uh, well, where you discovered that the Boer people and the Cape Dutch Afrikaners are a completely different set of people, just like the Edomites and the Israelites in the Old Testament, don't you know? Pastor, in fact, the um, uh, evidence is there uh, in our history, and that was that even as um, um, recent as 60 years ago, they were still talking about the Cape Dutch Afrikaners and the Boers as two separate and um, uh, um, different races. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that was that's known. It was historically known, but uh, the international Jew must obscure the distinction between races and peoples because God loves everybody, right? (laughs) 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 Or the the, or the Jews will uh, manipulate everybody. That's the whole purpose. I believe that is the correct article. Uh, I see Nimblehorse found a direct link because I wasn't able to take the download. Uh, letters of Humphrey Prideau to John Ellis, or is that something else? That uh, that may be something else. But that looks very interesting too. Anyway, uh, uh, we'll have to. No, uh, okay. This book again. The book is called the. Uh, it's a very long title. And who is the author here? Uh, do you it recall? Sounds like a Frenchman. 
Okay, it might be Prideaux as well. Uh, there might be a relationship. Uh, might be the same author, uh, Humphrey Prideaux. Uh, the Old and New Testaments connected in the his- history of the Jews and neighboring nations from the declensions of the kingdoms of Israel and Judah to the time of Christ by Humphrey Prudhoe, D.D., okay, 1823. So, uh, yeah, uh, Nimble Horse, you got the right author, but it's not. I don't think it's the same book. But uh, So mm-hmm. l- let me start reading from page three, because there's a lot of blank pages before this starts. Okay, the Old and New Testaments Connected. Book etc. <laughs> etc. Yeah, yeah. Book six. So I don't know what, what happened to books one through five, but book six. He who succeeded Ezra in the government of Judah and Jerusalem was Nehemiah, a very religious and most excellent person, one that was nothing behind his pre- uh, behind his predecessor, or less than his predecessor, saving his learning and great knowledge in the law of God. Okay, I'm, I think he's trying to say that uh, uh, Nehemiah was even better at uh, the law of, of Yahweh than Ezra. I'm not sure about that, but that's what he seems to be saying. He came yes. to he came to Jerusalem in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, long Germanus, and by a commission from him, suppressed that of Ezra, and succeeded him in the Gohim. Uh, the, oh, the, gover- uh, the government. government. The government. Yeah, the, the, the type goes in an arc instead of going straight, so it's difficult to read. Of uh, J- uh, Judah and Jerusalem. So, so far, uh, the proper language is being employed. He's not saying the Jews, he's saying Judah. Okay? Mm. And he's using the term Judah and not Jews. Very good. And he had in the commission by an express clause therein inserted full authority given him to repair the walls and set up the gates of Jerusalem and to fortify it again in the same manner as it was before it was dismantled and destroyed by the Babylonians. Now here is where he uses the, the, the wrong word. He was a Jew, cross that out and replace it with Judahite. He was a Judahite. Yeah whose ancestors had formerly been citizens of Jerusalem. For there, he saith, was the place of his father's sepulcher. But as to the tribe or family which he was of, no more is said, but only that his father's name was Halakha, Halakia, who seemeth mm-hmm. to have been of those Judahites, who, having gotten good settlements in the land of their captivity, chose rather to abide in them than return into their own country when uh, leave was granted for it. Okay, so... Uh, very good, uh, a very good analysis, because the Bible says very clearly, Yahweh says, I, I will put the, these Judahites into captivity for their own good, as part of the punishment they had to endure for having failed to observe his laws for all these hundreds of years, yeah. right? But he said, well, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so, sorry for interrupting. Um, this is very important that you're saying, um, in fact, if you go and look at De- Deuteronomy uh, 28, 29, and 30, you will find that the history is a series of phases of Father Yahweh um, teaching his people and then putting them to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't just he didn't just teach them in during the the um, uh, forty years in the desert, but he actually taught them beyond this one. And then he actually says in, in Deuteronomy twenty eight that uh, he will uh, when they enter the the promised land that he would test or he would try them for mm-hmm. obedience, and if they are disobedient to his laws, his uh, uh, institutions, etc., his commandments, he would actually send the sword after them. Right. And if they are, they have the sword after them, he will then again test them to see whether they <laughs> adhered to his instructions. Right. If they did not, then he will send the sword again and he will send them into dispersion. This is a a phased, well, the way in which it is written in Deuteronomy 28 is very clear that uh, this is exactly what happened. But the interesting thing is how Father Yahweh uses 
people to execute what he has warned against. He said that he would pass judgment on his people or that he would um, uh, 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 chastise his people. Mm-hmm. And he uses the enemy of his people to chastise his people in exactly the same way as the Boers have been chastised by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. That's right. <laughs> a very, A very interesting thing. A very interesting thing is that one of the books that I stumbled over, Pastor, and I cannot use any other word than stumbled over, is a book that actually depicts exactly how the Edomites were instrumental in um, a, a conspiring with the king of Assyria mm-hmm. to, to uh, set up the sword against the ten northern tribes. Right. After after that, um, how the Edomites, and this is a different book, how the Edomites conspired with King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylonia okay. to set up the sword against the two southern tribes. Very interesting. And then, yeah. And then I discovered the the one that I was actually looking for, and that is how the Edomites of Eudemia conspired with the Edomites of Rome right. and to to um, annihilate the temple in the year 70. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I can see that. We get to those books if, yeah. if yeah. we are allowed the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's very interesting uh, because the, the, the uh, Ark of the Covenant was removed from the temple by Jeremiah. And uh, he wasn't sure exactly why, but he knew that the temple was going to be destroyed eventually, but from the prophecies, right? So, uh, but Yahweh uh, used Jeremiah to remove it so that the filthy Jews couldn't get their hands on it, okay? (laughs) Right? But uh, nevertheless, it's one of those bargains that the Jews, uh, unfortunately for them, they didn't realize that uh, they would be unable to perform an- animal sacrifices for, from that point on, right? And keep their yeah. keep their what do you call it? Their impersonation of Israel and Judah uh, alive, you know. So they were forced. They had no country from that point on. So sometimes the, the best laid plans of, of Jews and Romans <laughs> go awry, right? So yes, obviously the Jews were anticipating a, an eternal reign with the Roman army yeah. backing them up. That's what they were anticipating, yes. okay? Just as they, today, they anticipate an eternal reign uh, through the United yes. Nations, okay? Yes. Well, Pastor, this, even this, this whole thing of the COVID is part of their plan to uh, subjugate the entire world to the will of the Edomite uh, elitists. Mm-hmm. Right. However, however, the... the, the um, uh, the the um, mm-hmm. how can I put it? The the whole plan is busy unfolding in public in the public view, and people are busy uh, catching up on the 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 um, the the. Uh, well, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm looking for the right word. The the gross level of deception right. that it was employed in in setting up this whole COVID thing right from the start. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, they're always, well, they have spies everywhere. And then we have uh, people yes. who, who with big mouths, <laughs> right, yeah. uh, who are supposed to keep our secrets from them, uh, don't, okay? And uh, that creates more trouble than most people can imagine, Right. Our people yeah. need. We can't. Our people have our blabbermouths and gossips, and they can't keep a secret from the Jews, right? And, and of course, the Jews will get it from you one way or another. They will either bribe you or torture you or or kill you if, yes. if they have to to get our secrets, right? Okay, right. Absolutely. So, uh, and Yahweh has numerous times declared that if we do not obey Him in these matters. He will do to us as he, he he intended to do to our enemies. Okay. Yes. Well, in Deuteronomy 30, he says, if my people humble, mm-hmm. he will collect them from the uttermost parts of the earth, and he will then put these curses of the 
uh, of uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28, yeah, from, I think, verse 11. Mm-hmm. He will put those curses on the enemies of his people, which is one of the reasons why the, the, these Jews uh, want to make sure that they re- do this massive reset before Yahweh gets hold of them. But it's too late. <laughs> it's absolutely right. too late. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and, yeah, and uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 is all about the blessings and the curses. And uh, the curses follow upon our disobedience, right? Yes. The blessings uh, cause our prosperity. Uh, you know, keeping the law causes our prosperity, and disobedience causes our curses. We do it to ourselves yes. when we fail to obey his laws. It's pretty obvious, okay? And that does Absolutely. not change. It does not change in the New Testament, uh, contrary to the claims of all of Judeo-Christianity, that the law has been done away with, and that we no longer have to obey the law, and look where we're at now. <laughs> right? Exactly. Our, our nations well, are being turned into Muslim uh, you know, satraps, satrapies. That's what's happening. Yeah, Our cities are turning into uh, cesspools of lawlessness. That's right. Amen. Amen. So the, uh, the command that we must remain separate from the other mm-hmm. genomes of the planet we have not been maintaining that law, and but you can see that the wiliness of the enemy imposing as us, he has done this yeah. on numerous occasions, and our people simply do not suspect this type of uh, this impersonating activity from uh, the international yeah. Jew. And I can understand why the Boer people uh, thought that the Cape Dutch Afrikaners were their brothers. Because they yeah. made uh, made noises to that effect, just as the Gibeonites did, <laughs> right? Well, Pastor, the, the the fact that the Edomites from the Cape uh, came and uh, marketed the Afrikaner bond—that's the Afrikaner uh-huh. society, if I can call it right. that. Yeah, as a union, agricultural uh, Afrikaner union, agricultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in the meantime, in the in the Cape, it was a political party. Yeah, and this political party, of course, was also the uh, the hand uh, which the uh, Freemasons used to slap the Boers. Right, right, yeah, 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 well, and so, right. Oh, yeah, to punch them, punch them really yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when we fail to observe Yahweh's racial segregation laws, we bun- we get punished. You know, and our people fail to make the connection because the promises are, are so overwhelmingly good, you know, that uh, just uh, the nation of South Africa. You know, if you allow black rule, Africa, South Africa will be a paradise. Uh, yeah? Really? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, well, how long is this going to take? Parad- it's Par- a paradox of the paradise. That's right. Yeah, it's not a paradise, it's a paradox, right? You believe the lies, now take your punishment, (laughs) right? But that's exactly what happened to Eve. She believed the lies of Nachash. Yes. And what happened? Cain was born, okay? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, folks, uh, it behooves us to obey Yahweh's laws at all times and do not Listen to these perverts who are telling us that the law has been done away with. All right, so let's continue here. So uh, I don't know if it talks about the Edomites and their connection to, uh, you know, but uh, in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, they both tell us that the local people who were, uh, among whom were Edomites wanted to join with the uh, returning Judahites to help rebuild the uh, the temple and the city walls, etc. And correct. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. both of them refused. No, we don't want your help. We're not. We're not supposed to associate yes. with. It. Get lost. Yeah. Okay. That law has not been done away with, folks. That law still applies. We must remain separate from all other genomes. We must remain now. Mm. Of course. Now this brings up COVID. What do you think COVID is? Nothing other than yeah a, 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 a manipulation of the of the genomes of humankind, yeah. but right, right to destroy also, our genome, right? Absolutely, uh, with technology, not not with love, <laughs> with technology, <laughs> right? Yeah, the island the, of Doctor Moreau. Want, mm-hmm. the, the other thing I wanted to say, Pastor, was that 
the Cape Dutch Afrikaners actually um, did the South African people a massive dis um, a, 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 a dis um, service disservice a disservice mm-hmm. by introducing a, a a form of apartheid based on the skull, the color of the skin. Because yes. it was never intended to be on the basis of a color, the color of the skin. Mm. It was intended between races. In fact, that's mm-hmm. what the scriptures actually okay. tell us about. It. Right. It's not just in terms of other colors, but in terms of whites. There was to be a segregation between the white uh, Israelites or Yashoralites and all the other tribes and nations that existed on the planet. Mm-hmm. Which were yeah. also white at the time, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, with the uh, Edomites of the Cape Dutch Afrikaner people having intermarried with whites for quite some time already, they could pass as white. So, but they didn't claim to be Israel as the Boer, Boer people did. Well, it, Pastor, one of the books that I discovered, I stumbled over, is that in Holland, at the time of the Dutch East Indian Company. These Dutch East Indian Company people also claim to be Israelites. Right. Okay. Very there good. Was, there was a teaching amongst the Calvinists that those that are Calvinists are actually the people of Israel. Aha. Uh-huh. Very good. Aha. Uh-huh. Very good. Do, do you think teaching? Do you think Calvin taught them that? Even, <laughs> All right. You go ahead. That teaching was even carried through. I can remember in the days that I was at school, uh, we would, for example, have a school opening by uh, ministers from the Dutch Reformed Church or from one of the three Afrikaner churches. And they would preach at the school opening or school closing of us as Israelites. Mm. Very good. Very, Very good. Yeah. Yeah, and that was common in America as well, too. Uh, common to say that uh, the Americans, who had just migrated from Europe, obviously, were the people of Israel. Okay? Yeah. In fact, one Supreme Court justice used the term American Israel. That's the exact term that he mm-hmm. used in one of his rulings. Anyway, so, uh, so again, uh, this, this author has the story very correct. He, he looks like he knows his history, but he conflates the Jews with Israelites, and uh, with Judahites in particular. So let's continue, he says. Uh, so the, these uh, Judahites who got settlements, uh, left their settlements uh, in uh, Jeru- not Jerusalem, but in Babylon, and had come mm-hmm. back to Jerusalem to reestablish the, the Judahite kingdom. Okay, that's why right. that's why they returned. Okay, he says it is most likely that he, uh, that is Nehemiah, was an inhabitant of the city of Shusha or Shushan, and that it was his. Yeah, dwelling there that gave his son an opportunity of gaining an advancement in the king's palace, for he was one of the cupbearers yeah. of King Artaxerxes, which was a place of great honor and advantage in the Persian court, because of the privilege it gave him of being daily in the king's presence, and the opportunity which he had thereby of gaining his favor for the obtaining of any petition which he should make to him, and that especially since the time of his attendance always were, when the king was making his heart merry with the wine, <laughs> which he served up unto him, cupbearer. Oh, I never made the connection yes. between cupbearer and wine. For this is the best yes. opportunity with all men for the obtaining of any boon that shall be desired of them, because they are always then in the best humor of complying. Yeah, loose lips sink ships. <laughs> yes, very good. Yeah, right? So, yeah. Uh, very interesting. Well, but, but also, because these were Persians, because mm-hmm. the, the Persians had taken over the empire, okay, and the Persians yeah. were uh, Shemites. They were mm-hmm. uh, our, our relatives, okay? They were not Edomites, although there were probably Edomites uh, scattered around in there, especially well, yeah, in Babylon. Yes, but but they were definitely uh, Shemites. Yes, they were Shemites, and so they were uh, you know 
comfortably disposed to the Hebrews, to the other Hebrews, okay, namely yeah. the Israelites and Judahites, okay. So uh, yeah. and and they had knowledge of Yahweh, they just didn't worship Yahweh, okay. And that goes exactly. for the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans were uh, priests of uh, Shemitic stock who wandered up the Tigris and Euphrates uh, as far down as uh, Babylon, as far north as Assyria, okay? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's in the same region of of Asia. Um, It is just separated by distance. Right. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty long distance, you know, from the beginning of uh, Mesopotamia to the end, right? So, uh, yeah, but nevertheless, they were all Shemites, every single one of them. With a smattering of Edomites thrown in there and, and other races, you know, like slaves from India and some from Africa as well. Gibeonites. Yeah, Gibeonites. <laughs> right, yeah. So, and of course, as we know, because the flood was local, not global, the uh, Anakim survived, that is the Nephilim, the, the giants, the, the giant Nephilim, mm. survived the flood and settled in, in uh, Canaan land, okay, before it was called Palestine. Okay, yeah. and that that was the job of the Israelites is to annihilate uh, those tribes that were related to the Nephilim, but our ancestors failed to do it. Okay, yeah. right. Well, that's one of the reasons why David had to fight against Goliath. Like, yes, exactly. Goliath. Yeah, yeah. He was a son of Gath, which was a, an Anakim or Rephaim tribe. You know, fall, fallen and angels. That was, yeah. And that was fairly recent, Pastor. I mean, that was about, yeah, right. uh, in the order of about uh, 600 years. No, that was uh, less than 1,200 um, uh, years before the birth of the Messiah. Right. Yeah, so about 3,000 years ago. That's recent history. Okay? Exactly. No, but not according to the yeah. Smithsonian Institution. There never were any giants. <laughs> <laughs> Despite all the bones they have in the basement. Yeah. And it would have been uh, six billion years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there has been no evolution in all that time. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So Artaxerxes was our relative. He was a Syrian uh, slash Aramean. Okay. Yes. And that, that brings up the mistranslation of Deuteronomy 23, verse 7, where it says, Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite. No, that, that word is Aramean and should have been translated either Syrian or uh, Aramean or even Elamite might yes. have been a, a, a better translation because there's no place else in all of Scripture where Edomites are mentioned in a favorable light. Okay. That is d- definitely exactly. a mistranslation in that verse. So, uh, but let's yeah. continue. Okay. And the opportunities, uh, so he had a lot of opportunities by being the cupbearer. Gee, I never thought of being a cupbearer. <laughs> I, I, I should have applied for that job. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, right? And it was at such a time that he asked the government of Judea and obtained it. Now, okay, uh, Judea is, uh, again, it's an ana- anachronistic word here because the word Judea does not com- come to play until around 100 BC, I don't think it Eudemia. Can, yeah, because at that and point, the Roman, right, and the Roman occupation where they saw Edomia and and Judah as being one and the same country, even though yeah. it was populated by two completely different genomes of people, right? So, uh, yeah, races, yes, right. So that that word should not be used, uh, taken past uh, you know 100 BC. Uh, and in fact, it's uh, used in the Old Testament only once in the book of Malachi, which is the very last book of the Old Testament. Okay, that's because there was no such place as Judea until the Edomites under Herod and his father Antipater began to usurp the kingdom. Okay, because yeah. Judea is a mixed race country and we are forbidden to have mixed race countries. Okay, that's always our downfall. Okay, so correct. So he says, uh, uh, so uh, so he used the word Judea. Let me start the sentence over. And it was at such a time that he asked of the government of Judah and obtained it. And by the like advantages of his place, no doubt, it was that he gained those immense riches, which enabled for him so many years out of his own private purse only to live in his government with that splendor and expense, as will be hereafter related, without burdening the people at all for it. Yeah, so, yeah, both Ezra and Nehemiah, Use their own wealth to uh, rebuild 
the temple and and the streets, okay? Yeah. And uh, and uh, they were very – oh, no, it's interesting. He mentions Queen Esther here. Let's see. Let's see what he has to say. And no doubt it was by the favor of Queen Esther, as being of the same nation and people with her, that he obtained so honorable and advantageous a preferment in that court, okay? But Esther was not a Judahite. She was a Benjaminite, <laughs> right? As, as to what the book of Esther is, but she was of the nation, of the two-tribe nation of Judah, okay, the house of yes. Judah. All right, go ahead. Even, even, even though she was an, in Moab at the time. Okay. Um, um, because the Moabites were also Shemites. Right, yes, they and were. Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah, also emanated or came from the Moabites. So also did Rebecca come from the Moabites. Okay, well, uh, no, from, from the Aramaeans, I don't know about Moabites. Aramaeans, yes. Yeah, Aramaeans, yes. Okay, so uh, yeah, the, absolutely. The Moabites, the Moabites were one of the branches of the Aramites. Okay, well, uh, they were descended from Job, the Moab, sorry, Moabites and Ammonites descended from Job. Okay, uh, not, not from Job, from um, uh, Abraham's uh, cousin. Uh, um, Lot. Lot. Yeah, I don't know why I said Lot. Yes. Job. Yes. From Lot. They descended from Lot. But they were our kinsmen yes. also. Yes, they were our kinsmen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. As Shemites, as Shemites they were definitely um, our kinsmen. Yes, right. Until they started fraternizing with Edomites and began picking up their habits and intermarrying with them. Yes. You know, that's what led to the yeah. Ammonites and Moabites uh, fighting against Israel in, in the desert after the Exodus or as part of the Exodus, really? right? So I think it's very interesting that he brings Queen Esther into play here because a lot of, even in identity, a lot of people assume that Esther was a Jewess simply because the word Jew appears in that book. No, the word Jew yeah, should no, be Judahite, not Jew. Yeah, it should be Judahite. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. That's uh, confusing even to people in identity still. Okay. Yeah. So. However, neither the honor and advantage of this place nor the long settlement of his family out of his country could make him forget his love for it or lay aside that zeal which he had for the religion of his forefathers, which is Yahweh worship, folks. Born and yeah, bred actually, in... Yeah, go ahead. So, sorry. Actually, the word religion does not pertain to the house of Jacob because they didn't have a religion. They had a belief. Right. And they had a law. <laughs> Right. And the law, absolutely. They, yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a great difference. There's a massive difference between the religion, which is actually the fragmentation of man's mind. Right. Trying to re resort to a form of worship of something. Right. Whereas um, the, the, the house of Jacob had an, uh, a, a, the touching of Yahweh on, onto their mm -hmm. soul. Yeah. So that was a massive difference. Oh, absolutely. Well, if it be called a religion, it is markedly different from all other religions in that the Israelites were not subject or had no need of being subject to priests constantly like all other religions have, right? Even Yahshua exactly. said, go into your closet and pray. You know, our relationship is between yeah. us as individuals and him as mediator to the Father, Okay, we don't need no stinking priesthood. Okay, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so the priesthood in the Old Testament had two functions, namely to perform the sacrifices for the remission of sins mm -hmm. and to judge the people at law when there yes. were disputes. That's it. Okay. Well, it, it was also preempt um, of the um, of the. Um, uh, the work that the, the Messiah is, the Messiah has become our high priest right. to this day, and it was a a, a, a forbearer to the um, mission of the Messiah or the yeah. um, function of the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. He was not just he was not just the sacrifice, but he also became the high priest to Amen. Uh, present the, himself as the sacrifice. Right, for right. Our, and the substitution for our sins or the right. remission of our sins. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting word you use, substitution, because that's really what the word antichrist means. <laughs> One who yes. takes the place of 
doesn't necessarily mean yes. against. It means it takes the place of, okay? And that's what we have. And so the Catholic Church took the place of the Christ, claiming mm. to be the intercessor, which no human institution can be the intercessor between you and, Yah- and Yahweh except Yahshua, period. Okay? So yeah. all other priesthoods around the world, their priesthood claimed to be the intercessor between the people and their God. Right? Mm. The Levites did not have that position. They simply performed sacrifices on our behalf. They did not claim exactly. to be intercessors like Yahshua is. Okay? Paul is very clear about that. There is only one <laughs> intercessor, and that is Christ. And, and- one mediator and well, one intercessor. That's right. Only one mediator. Okay? But uh, all other religions have thousands of mediators that are called priests. Okay? Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, Christianity has gone that route. And that was started Absolutely. by the Catholic Church, but claiming to be take the place of Israel. Yeah. And they take the place of Christ. The priest, Their priesthood takes the place of Christ and uh, also the place of Israel. That's how, uh, that's Catholic doctrine, folks. Substitution. Substitution, exactly. Yes. And boy, well, what a poor... Substitution, yes. substitution is also a preemption of um, uh, prostitution. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, those priests have to prostitute themselves to be substitutes, <laughs> right? Yes. And, well, but that, you know, and, uh, yeah, and that's the, another major difference, even in the Old Testament, between the Israelites and other religions. All those temple houses of worship had prostitution as a main feature. Yes. Okay? No, the Israelite priests were not allowed to do that. Okay. They were well, family men. That is yeah. still evident, still evident to this day, Pastor. I, th- I, th- um, I think it needs to be mentioned that if one goes to these older English churches in in Cornwall, etc., uh, the churches are uh, adorned with um, um, statues and with with images mm-hmm. of naked fem- females. Oh, really? Okay, Pastor. Uh, you should go and um, um, I will put. I'll a, book a flight a, immediately. A, um, <laughs> uh, so I will put the link. I will okay. put the link down for you. Um, okay. So well, yeah. Ultimately, well, the ten northern tribes uh, fell into this paganism, right? And they set up statues yes. to Baal and what have you, right? And there were times when yeah. the house of Judah did it too, right? Yeah. But that was uh, strictly forbidden by Yahweh. Okay, just well, because it's forbidden doesn't mean we don't do it, right? Well, Pastor, in, in um, Oatswaran, where we used to live, the Dutch Reformed Church, uh, front door uh, of the church actually resembles the uh, birth canal of uh, the Queen of Heaven. Oh, boy. <laughs> complete, <laughs> <Okay>. complete with <laughs> pubic hairs. Yeah. Really? Wow, yeah. The, the cave of ec- ecstasy, no doubt. <laughs> the church of the ecstasy or whatever they call it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it, there's, uh, the Catholic Church has always blended the, the religion of, um, Semiramis with Christianity. And so uh, anybody who yeah. doubts that, you know, sh- uh, should just do more research into it, right? Uh, the, uh, the so-called mother cult, the mother and child cult, that goes way back, yes. right? Yeah. And that's the worship of Nimrod. But, uh, yeah, we're not, not supposed to worship any of that stuff. And uh, the, our, the temp- our temples are not supposed to be houses of prostitution, okay, nor banking houses. But yet that's yes. what they have become. They have become that. They have become temples of race mixing, especially the Pentecostal churches. When I was in Chicago, I, I just you know, I just went uh, because there was a Pentecostal church nearby uh, within walking distance. I went over there, and my God. It was half black, and I did not live in a black neighborhood, but uh, half the people in there were black. So Pentecostalism is really catered to race mixing, totally saturated with it, as most of the denominations are today. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's very interesting. Well, well, Pastor, the the sad thing is um, when I was still in in the church, 
um, many of the of the uh, very close friends that I had in the church, if I go into their Facebook uh, profiles today, I see that they have virtually more black friends than they have <laughs> of their own family. Right? And, yeah. And remember when I, I, I actually stated that I um, did theology study for two years, and many of those um, co ministers or those co students becoming pastors mm-hmm. um, have gone abroad, they've gone overseas, and they are very successful church runners in Australia and in uh, Canada and America. Yeah. And they. They were at college with me. But the sad thing is, there is no identification of the house of Jacob amongst them. Yeah, right. They're ignorant of that entire scenario. Covenant message, totally ignorant of the covenant message. Yeah, yeah. So let's continue with this, the story of Nehemiah as told by this this French author here. And um, for though he had been born and bred in a strange land, yet he had a great love for Zion and a heart thoroughly, that is God's government, Yahweh's government, set for the advancing of the prosperity of it and was in all things a very religious observer of the law of his God. And therefore, when some came from Jerusalem and told him of the ill state of that city, how the walls of it were still in many places broken down and the gates of it in the same demolished state as when burned with fire by the Babylonians, and that by reason thereof, the remnant of the captivity that dwelt there lay open not only to the incursions and insults of their enemies, but also to the reproach and contempt of their neighbors as a weak and despicable people, and that they were in both of these respects in great affliction and grief of heart. Uh, Fast forward to the modern world, Pastor Martins. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely so. The, uh, the other races look upon us as a destitute people. We don't even have yeah. our own country. Yeah. We're, we're in an exile, and we don't know it. Well, we, us Boers are in ex- exile in our own country. That's exactly what I mean. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in exile in our own country, ruled over by strangers, as the book of Deuteronomy predicts we would be <laughs> if we fail to ob- exactly. observe his laws. Okay? Yeah. So, and we, and we don't know it. You know, people get so, just like the Israelites of the Exodus, they get so used to their comfortable slavery that they don't even realize that they're slaves. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely. That's That's where we're at. Okay, we're very comfortable in our slavery. But then if somebody says, hey, uh, you're a slave, don't you see that ball and chain dragged, <laughs> shackled to your ankle? <laughs> don't you see that? What? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I wonder who's holding me back. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. But this is ball how, and chain. yeah, unobservant our people are. They're just unobservant and uh, unabiding in, the, in Yahweh's word and his law. Okay. So uh, so this uh, uh, great affliction and grief of heart, that's where we're at. The good man, being suitably moved for this representation, applied himself to fasting and prayer unto Yahweh his God, and earnestly supplicated to him for his people of Israel and the place which he had chosen for his worship among them. All right, now, very important word in there, fasting. Yes. Okay. We pray but we don't fast. It's very important. Uh, there was an episode in the New Testament where Yahshua was asked, well, we have tried to uh, cast this demon out of this possessed person and nothing works. Only this, by fasting and prayer. Yes, you have to fast along with prayer. Yes. Okay? And this is why this day of humbling that uh, you have been having in South Africa, this must continue. We must have regular days of fasting for our people, not just the Day of Atonement, which is once a year. No. Okay. No. Well, that is coming up in uh, the end of March. End of March. Okay. The beginning of April, somewhere yeah. around there. Okay. Yeah, we need to do this more often. We have uh, have to set aside particular days for fasting, prayer and fasting, uh, to, to show Yahweh that we are serious that we want yeah. his kingdom to be, be established, okay? There are yeah. times when prayer by itself does not work, 
And to show your sincerity and to increase the power of your prayer, you must fast as well. Okay? The book of Isaiah, chapter 58, I think is a very good um, departure point for learning about the requirements of the, the actually the terms and conditions for fasting as uh, mm-hmm. set out by Father Yahweh. Okay, Isaiah 50? Okay, 58. maybe 58. Well, why don't we just, uh, why don't we do that next week? We will get into that next week because that's something our people have to do. We have to start fasting yes. more. Okay? And not just for losing yes. my beer belly. <laughs> All right? <laughs> okay? All right. So, yeah. the kept, uh, so he says that uh, this, is, this is a frightful situation, and because of his love for his people, Israel, not the Jews, mm-hmm. he, he returned there to set this uh, nation straight, to rebuild the walls, etc., etc. And boy, our walls have, are crumbling down, folks. Our Israelite nations, our walls have crumbled down, literally, and the aliens are flooding in. Yeah. Absolutely flooding in. Well, I'm I'm desiring to say something, Pastor. The Uh Boers are busy waking up, and and this is so wonderful. I received a telephone call from a gentleman in northern Transvaal this morning. And he introduced himself and he said to me that uh, him and his family have been out of the church and in the truth for 27 years. Very good. 27 years. And um, they're overjoyed by the fact that they see that there are quite a number of other Boers that have awoken as well in Mm -hmm. in terms of the truth. To the true identity. Yeah. And and one can see weekly because we send Shabbat Shalom messages to and fro, and weekly we see new people that respond with the Shabbat Shalom, uh, a mm-hmm. greeting to to um, a, a blessing for Sabbath across the, and and it's becoming wider and wider, and people are asking questions about why are we keeping Sabbath on a. Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> You're heathen, that's why. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, possibly. yeah, because uh, yeah, because uh, there is no particular day of the week uh, prescribed in scripture. It, it just isn't, okay? But in any case, yeah, well, it's Yeah, go ahead. It says the seventh day. Yeah, that's all it says, uh, the seventh day. From what point? And- yeah. 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 And no, nobody can really establish that, fixate that uh, starting point. Uh, but uh, because we have been moving around the world, you're in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm in the Northern Hemisphere. Your uh, your farm uh, schedule is the opposite of ours up here, right? So, um, yeah, what is the actual seventh day? Well, th- there's evidence here in America that the... Um, the the roaming or the, the the Sabbath keepers there were Sabbath keepers as late as the 1700s who kept the solar calendar. Okay, so yeah. that tradition has lasted a long time, but with the uh, you know with all of the wars and conflicts, you know, especially the wars be- between the Catholics and the Protestants in Europe. Yes. You know, that that teaching has just been totally forgotten, okay? But here's but something. However, you, you know, go ahead. But however, Pastor, there, there, there's certain uh, indications in Scripture as to um, enable us to exactly establish what day is the seventh day. Okay. But we'll yeah. talk about that on, on a different occasion because sure. it's so important. But um, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah. very soon. Very soon I will have the the uh, English version of all the evidence, 115, 120 pages of the evidence okay. in terms of the uh, creational calendar, which right. is absolutely okay. fantastic. Right, but, right. But uh, I'll share that with you in due course, boss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I just want to share with everybody one more thing before we go today because uh, uh, we're, we're strictly in, uh, how should I put this, uh, a 60-minute a window here. I had to do that because uh, that uh, decreases the number of problems that I have with the sound settings. But here, the statutory provisions relating to passports, uh, I put the link in the chat room. This is international law dating, uh, dating back to 1920. It says, in international law, it is now well established that no state permits an alien to enter its territory without a passport. Yes. 
When was this changed? And who changed it? This was common law among the nations. Every nation has a right to determine who gets into the country and who doesn't. Exactly. Okay, who changed it, folks? Uh, the, the word begins with a J. <laughs> this is because... It's not, uh, go ahead. It's not the Democrats. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, it's the parasites, the pharisites, right? <laughs> this is because, yes. as covered by Hackworth, quote, a state is under no duty in the absence of treaty obligations to admit aliens to its territory, unquote. Yeah. All right. This is a common law until you know, until the Jews began to, to their rule over the nations in these latter days. Okay, I'm yeah. not aware that the uh, United Nations has overturned this, any of this common law. They just ignore it. Yeah. Okay. They because just they ignore it because they have the money to bribe people to ignore it. Okay. Well, they have instituted or they have established the basis on which people get appointed and the right. sheeple believe that they elected those people. <laughs> right. Jumocracy, as it's called. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I came up with a definition of democracy on, on the earlier show today. Democracy is where uh, the, the country is ruled by blackmailed politicians. <laughs> right. Yes. That's democracy, folks. We're all your politicians. Yeah. And the whites walk around with a guilty conscience. Amen. White guilt. Except, yeah. except, uh, well, except the politicians who take bribes because they're grinning from ear to ear. Right? They, they yes. have no, they lost their shame. They lost their sense of shame. So, but yeah. that's the reality, folks. Uh, a couple more here. The International Conference on Treatment of Foreigners held at Paris in 1929 recognize the right of states to regulate the admission of aliens. The Indian Passports Act gives expression to this rule by permitting entrance into India of only those aliens who hold passports. As Oppenheim says, quote, the reception of aliens is a matter of discretion and every state is by reason of its territorial supremacy competent to exclude aliens from the whole or any part of its territory Unquote. Nevertheless, by today's standards, we are forced to accept aliens of any stock, no matter what their belief, no matter what their religion, and no matter how hostile they are to our country. Except, if you, if, if I wanted to go to America, I've still got to follow the very strict rules as set up in 1920. Right. Exactly. Because, because I'm not classified as an alien. Right? You're I'm, a white. I'm classified <laughs> as a foreign white. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you see that, that uh, the law has been dr- dr- 180 degrees turned around against us in the 20th century. Okay? And you have to ask, how can this all happen? How can our laws be so terribly subverted? It's because the international Jew has weaseled his way into, and as actually Nehemiah was welcome at the court, but he did good with it, the parasitic Jew never does anything good. They always use their position to destroy us. Our people have to wake up to that fact, and that's the way it is, folks. All right, Pastor Martins, thanks for uh, joining me on the show again today, and I hope we all learned something. Take care. Yahweh bless. Take care. Thank you, Pastor. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, Pastor. Bye.